It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. Kyrie Irving is staying in Dallas and everyone is wondering, is this the best move for Kyrie? And is it the best move for the Mavs? Also, Bruce Brown fits right in with the Pacers and the monster story of the weekend. The Blazers potentially trading away Damian Lillard. Why it's the best move for both the team and the player. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Kyrie Irving is a lightning rod, or maybe more holiday timely, a, a firework. I, I don't know any better way to say it, or a more diplomatic way to say it. Whenever the Mavs traded for him, questions immediately sprang up about if Dallas could hold on to him if that was the right move to make. For the time being, it would seem as he is staying in Big D, as our Locked On Maps host Nick Angstad tells Locked On's Kylan Mills. And Kyrie Irving returning to the Dallas Mavericks, reportedly a three-year, $126 million contract is the latest I'm seeing. What do you make of those numbers? This is a good deal for the Mavericks because it's only a three-year deal. As we know, we've seen Kyrie in different instances, different teams, different scenarios, different with different star players, different uh, coasts, different all over the place for Kyrie. And he's been a flight risk in a bunch of different places. And so getting just a three-year deal, I think is a good deal for the Mavericks. The other way that this is a really good deal is it's only $126 million. And there are some that will scoff. I've already seen. The takes have already flown. Like, oh, who are they bidding against? They were bidding against Kyrie's ego, right? Like, they were due, you had to Fair. give him a certain amount or else he's going to come back and do exactly what he did in Brooklyn last time and say, oh, well, I don't want to be here. They don't appreciate me. Go where you're appreciated. All that kind of stuff. Like, you just don't want to have that when you already have a situation with Luka Doncic where that could be untenable soon too where he can start getting frustrated and then all of a sudden the guy that he looks up to is Kyrie and the guy that he wanted to come to the Dallas is Kyrie and then all of a sudden you're uh you're, you're dealing with two disgruntled stars at that point so to get him at the number they did I thought was a good price okay so looking back to this last season the Mavs did a little mini tank I personally don't feel like I got to see the full picture of what Luca and Kyrie might be together from your eyes where do you see the potential of this partnership going yeah I don't think anyone did right because lost in all of that. Yes, they did tank the last two games. It was the best decision for Any. them. It was the best decision for them at the at the point. They got Derek Lively. They got Omax yeah. Prosper. They got Rashawn Holmes out of it. Like All of that came out of just that tanking those last two games and then, then coming up well in the lottery. So uh, it didn't break the game either. Everyone's, everyone's fine. Like The NBA is still intact. Yes. But the two of them, yeah, like lost in all that was they were injured at the end of the season, like back and forth. One of them would be out. The other one would be out. They were playing through injury. And so I don't think we saw the best of those guys either. I think they would say they didn't get the best out of them either because they had a, a really bad losing record while both of them played. 
And so now we get an offseason. Kyrie had mentioned right when he got traded, he mentioned, I've never been traded midseason. So I don't know what it's like to jump into a new team and, and try and figure out how to, to you know, coexist with all these guys. They were playing two different styles we talked about a lot where Kyrie would play more fast pace. And Luca, we know, is just the, you know, pound the rock and like, right. like take the air out of the ball a little bit, but then he scores every time. <laughs> it just kind of works. So I agree yeah. with you that I think their best basketball, at least, oh God, I hope their best basketball is, is ahead of them. What do you think that's going to look like though? Like how do you see those two skill sets complementing each other in the best way possible? Yeah, they got to meet in the middle a little bit. I, I think that, that Kyrie knows how to win. Kyrie is a really smart basketball player and knows that you need a little bit more ball movement. You need a little bit more of a, a you know, a, a, like a like a pickup. Let's go. Let, let's move with, with this Mavericks team where Luka can be so incredibly efficient in the half court, but it takes the air out of all the rest of the players. And so they have to meet in the middle a little bit with that. Uh, Kyrie played off the ball really well. I, I see also a thing that they didn't utilize – enough at all last year was Luca screening for Kyrie. We just need to see that mm. Luca's big enough to set a screen on pretty much anybody in the league. And so we need to see something like that. We've seen, we saw a little bit of Kyrie screening for Luca, but not really the other way around. And so that's something they really need to unlock next year, especially if they can get, you know, shooting all around them. Like that just is going to be a deadly thing for them to work on. But of course, like the defense still has to be number one. You also brought up Derek Lively being added to the mix, uh, the Duke University forward who the Mavs drafted in the 2023 NBA draft just recently. How do you see him playing a factor in this lineup now? We know that Kyrie is a factor, the backcourt, you know, shaping up pretty well. What do you see uh, the front court looking like? Yeah, he I don't think he's going to play a factor in the starting lineup. He should, I think, at some point, but he's 19. He's you yeah. know, just coming into the NBA, so we'll give him a minute. He could be the next Walker Kessler and end up being a starting center, but that's not something yeah. I, I don't think the Mavericks are expecting, and I don't think we should be expecting from mm-hmm. him at this point. And so the other part of Kyrie's deal that actually brings it back to this is he's making $126 million, which means the Mavericks have opened the full mid-level exception, and so that means the Mavericks now have $12.4 million to go give to another player. I, I think they should still go after some kind of center, a stopgap center. We've been saying it for years that I don't think Lively's ready, but they need some kind of center to fix some of the issues they had last year or another big wing of Grant Williams or whoever uh, he may be signed by while I'm talking here. We don't know. Any, anything could happen at this point. But but that's what I think they need to do next. And now they're able to do it because Kyrie signed a deal that is less than max value. Stay up to date all year on the Dallas Mavericks by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Mavs on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, why Bruce Brown makes sense for the Pacers, even if it's a lot of money. Before we get to that, why the Brooklyn Nets could benefit from Damian Lillard being traded to the Miami Heat. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the point total to who you think is going to hit the first home run all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Miami Heat are currently the heavy favorites to land Damian Lillard. With that, the Brooklyn Nets could benefit from being a part of the deal, even if they're not the ones getting Dame, because they could receive a player like Tyler Hero, as Adam Ombrecht and Doug Norrie discussed on Locked on Nets. What did become fascinating is as you start to pull in these third teams where Portland wants to, again, try to acquire talent, try to acquire cap relief, and the Miami Heat also have to figure out how that process works. All of a sudden, you get into these possibilities of the Brooklyn Nets ending up with Tyler Hero as Damian Lillard goes to Miami. Let's just start there, point stop. Would you want... Tyler Hero on the Brooklyn Nets as a byproduct of a Damian Lillard to Miami trade. Let's just work on a world where the price is reasonable and they just kind of attach themselves as a three-teamer and there's like, like moderate, an asset or two that go out the door, but this is mostly just kind of like, this is mostly just sort of relief, right? Around like getting, making sure that Miami can just like match the money and stuff. Tyler Hero on a functional level, actually fits really, really well with this Nets team, this current Nets team. If, if, if they're not sending any other players out in this situation, um, this is actually just the kind of guy, frankly, they need. Um, if they want to stay above water, competitive-ish, you know, in and around the play-in. I mean, if we're, like, being really realistic around this team, right? Like, what is this team's ceiling? The team's ceiling right now, is, as they're currently constructed with no mother moves, they're probably playing... Maybe lottery. I, I don't know. Like it's it's not. I don't. This is not by a, you know a good to great team by any stretch. You add Hero, he, he can score. Yep. Like he's gonna take a lot of shots. It's not gonna be like the super super efficient. But sometimes you just need like guys to take shots that you can keep on the court for thirty five minutes a game. Like Tyler Hero is for sure that kind of guy. Nikola Vucevic re-signed with the Chicago Bulls to the kind of contract that is presumably team friendly. As our Locked On Bulls host, Hayes and Pat the Designer, explain. Um, you didn't have a lot of options because of the situation that um, the team is in with the Lonzo deal and stuff like that. You weren't going to gain this plethora of cap space because you're already over the cap. You can go over the cap to re-sign your own players. So you're already over the cap anyway. You might as well bring back a guy who is a top 10 guy at his position offensively and who is going to give you consistency, health, production, things that we haven't had a ton of on this team. And I think the bottom line with all of it is he doesn't have to be here the entire time. There's th- this is a team-friendly deal. Team-friendly meaning not just to our team. That is a very tradable contract. If the Bulls do decide to blow it up, they have given themselves that option as well. We don't know that they still won't you know, end up moving on from some of these guys. We don't know that the Booch deal even makes it to the NBA season. And the Celtics giving a contract extension to newly acquired Kristaps Porzingis gives Boston time to figure things out. This according to John Corrales from Locked on Celtics. It's about what I expected. I, I thought maybe the two-year deal, which is the max they can offer, uh, might have come in it's somewhere in the $50 million range. So it's a little bit more, but 
kind of within the range, so it's nothing crazy. Uh, it it kind of fits a timeline here for Boston to kind of figure things out. So they have this this extension. They have Jalen Brown. They have Jason Tatum. I think the prevailing thought here is they're not going to be able to keep all three past this season. This kind of might be an audition season for everybody, maybe except for Tatum. Maybe it's just Jalen and and Kristaps. Who fits the best together? And this is if if it's Porzingis for some reason, you, you got him locked up for a couple more years at decent money. So uh, it's going to be an interesting few years for Boston, but I think the numbers and the years are are pretty palatable. Here is another story you need to know. Bruce Brown is headed to Indianapolis for Boku Bucks. Locked on Pacers host Tony East tells Locked on Kyle's Mills why Brown fits so well with the Pacers. He can be worth the money. Bruce Brown has agreed on a two-year, $45 million deal with the Indiana Pacers. That's according to his agents uh, with CAA. Coming off that championship run, man, Bruce Brown getting the bag. How does he fit in with the Pacers? It's an interesting fit that I think we'll have some questions answered for this team because he's kind of a 2-3 type, and the Pacers have a lot of those. Ben Shepard, they just drafted, as well as Benedict Matherin, Andrew Nemhard, Aaron Neesmith, Buddy Heald. But Brown has proven via the Nuggets, via their title run, that he plays much bigger than his size, can play the three, can play the four, mostly because he can defend those positions. He upped his three-point volume and shown he could be a little bit of a perimeter shooter. And because he has that positional versatility, that peskiness about him playing bigger than his size, he has value to the Pacers in that he can play on the wing. He can play with their new rookie in Jarris Walker. And the fact that this deal is a little shorter is also beneficial for the Pacers who love their flexibility with their team building. So they'll definitely have to answer some positional questions about the number of two, three types they have on this team. But in terms of talent and fit, Bruce Brown is a good player that helps the Pacers with some of their weaknesses. Okay, well, when talking about fit, first thing that I want to know from you is Tyrese Halliburton combining. What do you think these two could do together? Yeah, I think that's an excellent part of this fit, right? And a lot of the things the Pacers will have to consider with all their signings going forward. Halliburton tweeted a video of some guy getting pumped in a car after the the Bruce Brown signing was uh, reported. And I think he's excited about it. We, as we saw in the postseason and have seen with the Nuggets all year, Brown is electric and runs around like a crazy person in a good way. It's like organized chaos. And Halliburton is a brilliant, brilliant transition player. That's his favorite way to play in the open floor when he can see everybody, see everything going on, and he can dictate what happens. Bruce Brown is a master in those situations. He knows where to cut. He knows when to cut. He can read his teammates very well. His feel for the game is excellent. Those two in particular pair very well together. And I think that's important for every team, really, right? Signing players that pair well with your stars, but for a Pacers team that finally has an identity and has a guy in Tyrese Halbert who sets it. Finding players who fit well with him is valuable, and I think Bruce Brown pairs extremely well with him and will this coming season. All right, well, you mentioned some of the young talent that this Pacers organization can build around. If you had any predictions, do you expect to see any moves, or do you have any predictions in terms of what this lineup will look like come October? Uh, that's a good question. You know, they they had a tight roster crunch. They had 14 players under contract entering Friday. Sounds like Chris Duarte is on the move, although we haven't gotten a ton of details on that. And he fittingly plays the position, or at least the two positions Brown would play the most. So they freed up a little bit of the logjam there. Uh, but they still have Matherin and Nemhard in this mix, like I said. So they're going to have to figure, and Aaron Neesmith, they're going to have to figure out how to get all of those guys 
the appropriate minutes at these two, three spots. Maybe that and Jarris Walker, they just drafted at the four. I, I keep adding names okay. because yeah. of how the Pacers are, but they're going to have to figure out a way to play all of these guys enough that makes sense. And look, you don't play pay Bruce Brown $22 million for him not to be playing a lot or as much as a lot of that group. Uh, so I'd imagine he is the guy playing a ton from this group. And then they figure out which young guy should go where and how to balance their offense and defense and who fits with the bench versus with Tyrese Halliburton after that, uh, because he could play the two and the three. It sounds like Benedict Matherin assumes uh, that he will be a starter. He started to end last season as well. He was very good as a rookie and it makes a lot of sense for him and Brown to play together. I think they also fit pretty well, which is crucial for this Pacers team. So figuring out what to do from there with the other guys that I said and their shooters and their lottery pick is going to be tricky, right? They still have a lot of players deserving of minutes, but no one who's like a slam dunk. You have to play them so much every single night kind of guy on their team. So as they kind of progress and figure out what that looks like, I'll be interested to see how Rick Carlisle balances these minutes. But of course, Bruce Brown's going to be near the top of this list. As it stands, as we're talking, he's the highest paid player on the Pacers. It's not a guy you sign to then, you know, be a limited bench player. That's a guy who you think can play a significant role. So how they actually implement that is yet to be seen because of the number of guys at his position. But his positional versatility kind of allows them to be creative with all those young guys in the mix. Stay up to date all year on the Indiana Pacers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Pacers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, why the Blazers trading Damian Lillard is best for both sides. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Damian Lillard has officially requested a trade. Though Blazers fans dreaded this moment, Locked On Blazers host Mike Richmond points out why it will benefit both the team and the individual. I think in the end, this might be better for both Damian Lillard and the franchise. I think they got themselves into a place where this was the best route, probably. Not even probably. I think this is the best route, just for the sort of holistic building of the franchise, for what Dame wants, for kind of how it works and all that. But it still stinks, and it's the end of an era of one of the great Blazers of all time. Uh, for my money, I've said on this podcast, I think he's the greatest Blazer of all time. I think requesting a trade at the end of your tenure um, changes the changes the um, timber a little bit, changes the chamber a little bit. It changes the the sort of feel of how you will remember Dame. But it, at at worst, he's the second greatest Blazer ever. Apologies to Bill Walton. Longevity matters. And the end of that era. 11 seasons beginning in 2012 when he was the number six overall pick. It stinks. It stinks. And I think it's, I think it is right for, to be, to feel sort of, maybe sadness isn't the right word, but like, like the inevitable sort of crashing down is unfortunate. It's a bummer. I think it's, I think it's right to be bummed about this even if it is the sort of right basketball thing to do. This was inevitable, though. The part of this that I don't get 
is why everyone thinks the Blazers have to send Lillard to Miami because that's where he wants to be. If Damian Lillard wants out, the Blazers have no incentive to send him to Miami if Miami can't provide something close to the best package. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news to fans in South Beach, Miami does not have the best package. There are other teams, competitive teams, potential championship teams, Toronto, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, where Dame has already said he would be interested in playing, that can offer much more compelling trade deals for Portland. There's no need to acquiesce to any agents or or players just because Damian Lillard wants to go there. This is the same league where Kawhi Leonard went to Toronto for a multi-time All-Star on what everyone knew was a one-year deal. Guys get traded places where they don't want to go sometimes. And what we see is a unique situation developing because over the last decade or so, almost every true superstar, like first-team NBA kind of caliber player, like Damian Lillard, they get traded for crazy hauls. Anthony Davis was traded for an absolute godfather offer. Kevin Durant, Phoenix had to play through the nose to get him. Even Paul George in LA, they had to pay up and it was worth it because they were getting Kawhi Leonard too. And Paul George isn't even on the level of someone like Damian Lillard. He wasn't then. He certainly isn't now. This is a weird situation, but Portland should be holding out just the way the Sixers did with Ben Simmons and say, look, we're not going to trade you just because you wanted to get traded. We're going to find the best package. And guess what? Their patience paid off because it landed them James Harden. Now, James Harden wants to leave, but they didn't just take some fly-by-night package because he wanted to go play wherever. They got the best deal for their team, and that's what Portland should be doing right now. The exact same thing they did when they took Scoot Henderson number three overall instead of trading that pick. And finally, is there any question about Rich Paul as an agent at this point? His clients are continuing to get big contracts in free agency, but it was the first day that impressed the most. Fred Van Vliet, Draymond Green, and Jeremy Grant all secured a total of $390 million in contracts on Friday. On top of all this, you know who's getting paid? Rich Paul. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow... We look ahead to the upcoming NFL season. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.